Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. We all have giants in life and know this, every giant is defeatable. On A New Beginning Today, Pastor Greg Laurie takes us to the Old Testament story of David and Goliath. A good insight on how to face the giants in our life. There is no power that you have to be under. There's no addiction that needs to control your life. There is no giant that should be overpowering and taunting you because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. Some bolts need a spanner. Some bolts need a really big spanner. And every toolbox needs a persuader. It's a spanner of sufficient size and substance that no bolt can stand in its way. With a persuader, a rusted bolt, no problem. So how can we approach the challenges of life with the same confidence? Pastor Greg Laurie says it has to do with our view of God. On a new beginning, we'll see that nothing can stand in our way with a proper view of God. going to look at 1 Samuel chapter 17. So turn there with me. 1 Samuel chapter 17. And the title of my message is, How to Overcome Your Giants. How to Overcome Your Giants. So what do I mean when I say giants? Well, I'm not talking about the baseball team. I'm not talking about exceptionally large guys like basketball players. I'm talking metaphorically because we all have giants, so to speak, that we face in life. Something dark and sinister lurking around the perimeter of your life. By a giant I mean what seems to be an insurmountable problem or a very complex issue. You try to bring these giants down but they seem to loom larger with the passing of time. Maybe you overcame your giant, so to speak, for a week, a month, six months, maybe even a year, but then you fell back again and you can't seem to conquer it. Your giant seems unstoppable. Maybe your giant is a giant of fear. There's something that's frightening you right now. Something that is causing you to be terrified. Something that just grips your heart and you're always thinking about what if this happens or what if that happens. That could be your giant. For another it might be a giant of a personal sin. It's an area of your life you can't seem to get victory in. It keeps coming back and getting control of you. It could be pride. It could be envy. It could be gluttony. It could be pornography. It could be drinking. Bringing me to another giant. A giant of addiction. Maybe you find yourself addicted to some kind of drug or addicted to drinking. Or it could be a giant of a threat of some kind. Something that's taunting you. Someone has slandered or is slandering you. Or they filed a lawsuit against you. Or they bullied you in person or online. Or they've actually threatened to kill you. Or it might be a different kind of giant. Uh, The giant of an unsaved husband or wife. 
or a prodigal child. Listen, your giant is anyone or anything that seeks to control you, hurt you, destroy you, or torment you in life. Let me say that again. Your giant is anyone or anything that seeks to control you, hurt you, destroy you, or torment you in life. So how do you deal with giants? Well, you defeat them. But how do you defeat a giant? Glad you asked that question. And that's what we're going to look at in the very familiar story of David and Goliath. Now, David was both a worshiper and a warrior. He was both a lover and a fighter. He was a shepherd boy who became the greatest king in the history of Israel. So the people wanted a king. Now the Lord didn't really want him to have a king. He wanted to rule them through the judges that would hear from God and speak to them. Judges like uh, Gideon and others. But no, they said, we want a king. All the other nations have a king. We want a king. So they kept whining about it. Lord said, you want a king? You sure? Yeah, we want a king. Okay, here he is. Saul. Now Saul was the people's choice. He was the guy that everyone loved. He looked like he should have been a leading man in a film head and shoulders taller than anybody else. Charismatic kind of an individual. But the problem is Saul started pretty well and then he disobeyed God and the Lord said, I've rejected Saul from being the king of Israel and now I'm gonna go for my choice. I gave you your choice, now here's my choice. And he comes to the prophet Samuel, he says, you'll find your next king living in Bethlehem. But the problem is Samuel didn't know who the next king was. But he just knew he was one of the sons of a guy named Jesse. So he showed up in town, said, Jesse, I need to meet all your sons. And so Jesse pulled out his seven strapping sons. Just magnificent looking young men. They were the magnificent seven. And as the prophet walked down the line, the Lord said, that's not the one, that's not the one, that's not the one. There was one that stood out. His name was Eliab, and he was pretty handsome. And Samuel said, that's gotta be the guy. The Lord said, no, that's not the one. And by the way, don't judge according to outward appearance. I look in the heart. Okay. Hey, uh, do you have any other sons? Asked the prophet. Jesse says, well, I have one other boy. Yeah, well, where is he? He's out in the field. He's kind of weird. He's a musician. <laughs> he writes a lot of songs. Loves to play his little stringed instrument and watch his little flock of sheep. Well, bring him in. And in comes bounding David full of youthful energy. And the Lord speaks to the prophet and says, that's my man. So the prophet pulls out his anointing oil, pours it on the head of David. He says, you're the next king of Israel. Gotta go, buy and leaves. There's David like, uh, what do I do now? So he went back to watching his sheep. So that's kind of how the story begins. Well, fast forward, a conflict has developed. The enemies of the Israelites, the Philistines, have challenged them to a war. And they're at a valley called Elah. On one side are the Philistines. On the other side are the Israelites. And the representative of the Philistines was a nine foot, six inch dude named Goliath. Solid muscle covered in body armor, a massive shield, and a sword, and a helmet, and everything else, and he wanted a fight. So he said, I'll make a deal with you guys. Let's have a fight, and instead of our whole armies fighting, how about if you just send your best man to fight me, and if I win, then you guys serve us, and if your guy wins, then we will serve you. Well, this is kind of a win-win 
opportunity for Goliath because he knew no one's going to beat me. They don't have anyone in their camp that will even face me, much less beat me on the battlefield. So he taunted them over and over again. Meanwhile, back in Bethlehem, Jesse says, David, I need you to take some food to your brothers. Take some bread and cheese to your brothers who are in the military there. So basically it was a pizza delivery, right? <laughs> what is bread and cheese? I call it pizza. I don't know what you call it. So David shows up. Here's Goliath bellowing from the valley of Elah looking for someone to fight him. And David's standing there with his pizza boxes. Pizza, pizza. Uh, <laughs> like trying to figure out what is going on here. And he listens to Goliath. Who is, who's that guy? Oh, that's Goliath. No one will fight him. David's thinking, well, why? Why doesn't someone take that guy on? See, in the mind of David, this was just another predator who needed to go down. David wasn't just a musician. He could fight. And he fought wild beasts to protect his sheep. And he was quite efficient with this little sling of his and a stone. And so he volunteered to go fight Goliath. Well, it's great to have you with us today. You're listening to Pastor Greg Laurie, the Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. And he's just getting started in a study of the practical lessons to be learned from the familiar story of David and Goliath. Let's continue. Here is where we discover how to defeat our giants. 1 Samuel 17 uh, I'm going to start in verse 40, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. David picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them in his shepherd's bag. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across to fight Goliath. Goliath walked toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him. Sneering in contempt at the ruddy-faced boy, he roared at David, Am I a dog that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Goliath yelled, Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals. Now look at what David does. David shouts in reply, You come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And today, David says, the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you, and I will cut off your head, and then I'll give the dead bodies of your men to the wild birds and animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel, and everyone will know that the Lord does not need weapons to rescue His people. It's His battle, not ours. The Lord will give you to us. Now look at this. Don't miss this verse. As Goliath moved closer to attack, underline this, David quickly ran out to meet him. David didn't just hold his ground. He took ground. He ran quickly out to meet him. Verse 49, reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it from his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face downward on the ground. Then notice that David finishes the job. First Samuel 17, 50. So David triumphed over the Philistine giant with only a stone and a sling. And since he had no sword, he ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath. And David used it to kill the giant and cut off his head. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they turned and ran. Come on, that's a great story. I love that story. Never get tired of it. What a victory. So what do we learn from this? If you're taking notes, here's point number one. We all have giants in life. 
We all have giants in life. We all face severe hardships and seemingly insurmountable obstacles and temptations. 1 Corinthians 10.13 reminds us, remember the temptations that come into your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He'll keep the temptation from becoming so strong you can't stand up against it. So when you're tempted, He'll show you a way out so you will not give in to it. So we all have a giant. And whatever you're going through, and I don't know what that is, but it's not unique necessarily to you. Someone else is facing something similar or someone has faced something similar. We all have giants in life. And know this, every giant is defeatable. Every giant is defeatable. Here's something else to consider. Goliath was not always a giant. I mean, he's a man. So he was born probably a very big baby, wouldn't you think? Probably a very demanding baby. Kind of a scary baby, right? And no one wanted to change his diaper, right? He was a giant of a person. And it's hard to look at a little baby and think that he grew into this giant of a man. And I simply bring that up because giants don't start as giants. They usually start small and you don't treat them seriously. You don't see them as a threat that they are and they get bigger and bigger with the passing of time. That's how sin comes. It comes in a way that doesn't seem so threatening, right? Remember how the mighty Samson was defeated? He was defeated by a woman named Delilah. And he thought it was a joke, Delilah. I mean, I kill Philistines for entertainment. What is she gonna do to me? A petite young lady? You say, how do you know that? Because her name Delilah meant delicate. So she's probably a very small, very attractive young lady. She walks up to him and says, hi there. Why don't you tell me the secret of your strength so I might torment you? He's like, oh, seriously? He underestimated her. And it resulted in him having his eyes gouged out, being defeated. So sin doesn't usually start big, it starts small. Point number two, David knew the battle belonged to the Lord. He knew the battle belonged to the Lord. Verse 47, he said to Goliath, it's his battle, not ours. The Lord will give you to us. That's how he could bring a rock to a sword fight. Because that's exactly what he did. This was a war. He said, I'm good. Got my sling. Just found a very nice smooth stone. And it's a reminder to us that we're in a spiritual battle and you fight a spiritual battle with spiritual weapons. And so that is the way we need to come at the challenges that we face in life. And we're afraid of our giants. We're afraid of these threats against us. But we need to remember that God is in control and He's more powerful than our adversary. Greater is He that is in you, the Bible reminds us, than he that is in the world. Listen, there is no power that you have to be under. There's no addiction that needs to control your life. There is no giant that should be overpowering and taunting you because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And that brings me to point number three. Attack your giants. Attack your giants. Earlier in the story, Goliath had come up into their camp. So it's not just that Goliath was in the valley. He was coming right into their camp. 
He's walking up around him. Yeah, who's going to find me? Hey, what about you? Who about, you want to do it? And he was like in their face. So that's how sin is. It's going to get closer and encroach on you. He crossed the ravine, went over to their side. And so if you tolerate a giant, they'll take over your territory. They'll come right up on your doorstep. That's why you don't run from giants. You attack them. You deal with them. Look at verse 48. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David ran quickly out to meet him. He ran at his giant. So now let's get specific. Let's say that you have a problem with some kind of uh, substance. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's weed. Maybe it's some other kind of a thing that you're trapped by. Um, maybe it's drinking. Maybe it's something else. Okay, you gotta bring it out into the light of day. Quit covering it up. Quit rationalizing it. Quit justifying it and say, I have a problem and I need to face this giant in the light of day. I need to deal with this. Push it out of the shadows of darkness where it has lurked and bring it out in the open. And then that brings me to point number four. Finish the giant off. That's why he cut his head off. Because his heart was still beating. That was a big heart. You know? And that was a big head. Probably took a while to cut it off. You know, you're like, <laughs> 10 minutes later. <laughs> big head, big neck, big giant. Why did he cut his head off? Because if you don't cut their heads off, they'll come back for you later. So we all have a giant. Bring your giant, your addiction, your issue, your problem, your whatever that is bothering you into the light of day. Call on God and pray for His power and attack it. Don't put it off a week or a month or a year. Deal with it right now. And fourthly, finish your giant off. Pastor Greg Laurie with some practical counsel on finding victory over our personal giants. Now tomorrow, Pastor Greg will share some more strategies for resolving the conflicts that we face with the giants in our lives. But before we go for today, here he is again with a closing comment. Now for a copy of today's full message, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called How to Overcome Your Giants. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.